Okay, turn to Luke 14. We'll see how far we get. I'm going to try to go through 24 verses. We'll see. Um, it's a lot for me. That'd be a record. But it's going to be a good. It's going to be going to be good. We got a title for tonight's notes, Lex? <laughs> no. I don't. Uh, I, I might have one at the end. We'll see where it goes. Sorry. Forgot to ask my seeker pastor if he had a title. Um, Is that like a rapper's ghostwriter? <laughs> <laughs> Can we do something real quick? Yeah. Is that okay? I just wanted us to go around the room one more time I, um, and tell me uh, who invited you the first time to the home. I just want to know that. Jansen, will you start? Jaden. 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 Nathan. Nathan. Lex. <laughs> yeah, Lex. Ashton. Ashton, cool. Benji. Bryce. Bryce. Frankie. Frankie. Oh, cool. Okay. Jeff. Oh, man. He no showed you? Yes. Uh, it's okay. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love Frankie. I'm really bummed he's not here. I love Frankie. I'm not gonna lie. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah, besties already. That's cool. Uh, Jaden. Jaden. Tommy. Tommy. Addy. Addy. Okay. Oh man, I miss Addy. Oh. Kara. Kara? <laughs> say, I think next. <laughs> Zach, who invited you? Jaden. Jaden. Cool. Lex, who invited you? The Lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yay. Yeah, it's clean. Huh? Yes. Stop. I did that. I did that in a client's house, and I was like, I don't know why I did that. I was like, I'd rather sneeze in your house than in my cool mask. It's really gross sneezing in your mask. Yeah, yeah. But the question is, do you still cover when you sneeze? Yes. Hey, dude. I was thinking about you. Uh, yesterday and did you know there is a such thing as a water sommelier yes yes I can you that. believe that like you know what a sommelier is right it's a wine expert basically there's a bunch of levels for it you have to be insane to know. oh i know what it is and so there's a water sommelier that kind of like yeah yeah you watched it? I, I, like, I watched some of it with my friend, but I was like, what is this? The Zac Efron thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you guys seen it yet? The Zac Efron? Oh, it is it's fascinating, so man. Yeah. It made me want to go to Iceland. <laughs> Iceland. I want to go to Iceland. Yeah. It's amazing. All right. Oh, we lost Zach. He was like, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. He's like, got rapture. Iceland. Rapture. This is the only one. Left behind. Sorry, guys. My fault. I would get a little nervous. That was one of my greatest fears growing up.
We watched that movie, The Rapture. Yep. Well, oh my with my grandma. And then I was just like, oh, no, it happened. Every time I saw clothes on the floor, I was like, That's so huh? awesome. <laughs> 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 I really stupid. Um, she was like, eight years old or something. Yeah, my parents are at the grocery store, and I'm like, well, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Luke 14. Sorry to get that's off base there, but I thought that was really interesting. But anyways, Luke 14 um, is this pretty, I don't know, kind of weird interaction that Jesus has, okay? Um, and I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to try to get through 24 verses tonight. Um, don't hold your breath to it. If I don't get to it, we'll finish next week, okay? I promise you. Um, Lord willing, obviously. But um, I, I, I don't... The only thing I'm struggling to kind of comprehend in this, and I think it will be illuminated at the end, is like, what a weird interaction, and why is Jesus even wasting his time on it? Okay? Um, so let's kind of journey through this together, um, and let's have some fun. Is that okay? Yes? Okay, so I'm just going to read verses 1 through 6 first, and that's, that's how we're going to go through this, is one chunk at a time. So... Katie, don't get mad at me if I jump all over the place, but we're going to go one chunk at a time. All right. So don't mess up your notes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Woke. But I remember it. Yeah. Uh huh. What did you talk about, girls group? Good. Nice. Okay. So I'm just going to read verses one through six here and we'll, we'll talk about it. Is that cool? All right. Luke 14, verse 1. Ons, ons, good start. That was a good start. One Sabbath, when he went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him very carefully. And behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus responded, to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him away. And he said to them, Which of you, having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? And they could not reply to any of these things. Okay. Pretty weird, yeah? I know that some of your guys' translations probably say son instead of donkey, okay? Yes, some manuscripts say son. Others say ass. The others say donkey, okay? I'm going off of King James Version, okay? That one says ass, a.k.a. donkey, okay? No, I'm not swearing. Maybe that'll come later, okay? Um, just kidding. I don't know why I said that. But anyways, it might. Okay. Usually, when we think of Pharisees, what are the first words that pop into your head? Go. Bad. The church. Bad. The, the what? The church of Pharisees. The church of Pharisees? Okay, sure. Okay, what else? Huh? Self-seeking. What else? Ignorant, jealous, prideful. Yeah. What else? Hypocritical? Dumb. D oh, because <laughs> they don't understand the king, and then it's just yeah. dumb, right? Because yeah. they don't preach kingdom, they just no, preach man. dumb. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. 
right? I think of Jesus disputing with them a lot, right? Kind of going back and forth, not in a, not in a mean way, not in like, oh, I hate you and you hate me. Oh, I'm going to kill you. You're going to kill. No, not like that. Cause that's not Jesus's heart. Right. But I think of judging tricky, hypocritical disputing with Jesus law. Yes. All these things are true, but what I want you to catch tonight is that Jesus is in their house tonight. Isn't that cool? Have we ever seen that before? Like it says one Sabbath when Jesus went to dine at the house of the Pharisee. Whoa. Okay. So the Pharisee invited Jesus over. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, usually we would think, nah. Jesus just runs into him on the street. Jesus just kind of collides with him. But no, they actually invited him over. Have you ever been a place where you shouldn't have been? No, yeah. never. <laughs> right? Where you were like, you're inviting me? Have you ever felt that way? Like, you, you just invited me? What? Kind of thing? How Jesus felt, but that's how I would feel. I think Jesus knew what was going on and all of that kind of stuff. But it's it's very very interesting here. You know, all uh, all of these things are all of the things of judgmental hypocrisy, hypocritical, hypocritical, hypocritical. Thanks. Katie knows that word well. So, whoa. <laughs> Dude, I don't think I can edit that out. Um, <laughs> um, it's fascinating that they invited Jesus over. And then they are examining him closely. They're watching him. They're being careful of what he's doing. Yes? In our view, the Pharisees are almost enemies of Jesus, right? We're like, oh, screw the Pharisees, but so often we can relate with them more than Jesus. Um, I, yeah, that was a slight. I hope you felt it. I hope it kind of hurt, and uh, it's okay. You'll get through it, right? Sometimes we're more like the Pharisees than we're like Jesus, but we won't get into that concept tonight, okay? I promise you this is going to be uplifting for you tonight. I don't want to offend you too much, okay? Um, but in Jesus' eyes, when he's looking at the Pharisees, he he is he's moved there's something that happens in jesus's heart when he runs into another human being that he can't help but be moved and have compassion and fall in love or already be in love if i can use that term is that okay yes so jesus was with the pharisees not to become them but to love them and show them, them the example of godliness. Do we see this so far? Yes? With just the six verses. That's all we're looking at right now. Yes? Jesus was not saying, all right, I'm on the fast track to become a Pharisee. <laughs> right? Right? That would be really, really weird, correct? That would be freaking bizarre. If Okay, I am on the fast track to be one of the Pharisees, correct? But he's actually setting the stage to say, I'm going to show them love, and I'm going to show them godliness. Fascinating, yes? 
How often do we do that? Or are we just going into somewhere to say, all right, I'm going to prove this wrong. I'm going to argue this into the, into the ground so that I can be right. I don't care how much you know, how much you think you know, but the more you actually show the love of God and are an example of godliness, I guarantee you're going to have a bigger impact just like Jesus did here. Okay. Jesus even knew why they invited him over, right? Jesus had that mind of like, all right, I know what's going on here. I know what's, I know what they're up to. They invited him over to trick them into breaking laws, right? Cause that's all they were doing. They were trying to find the, the way to trap Jesus into breaking the law, right? That's, that's the whole, that's the Pharisees method of doing ministry. It's fascinating. Uh, cheers to them. Yippee. It wasn't very helpful. Okay. Sometimes um, early on in my faith, guys, I used to view Jesus as finding loopholes on how to get around the law. Have you guys ever thought of this way of like, all right, Jesus is healing on the Sabbath. This story, right? He's healing on the Sabbath. Is that, is that a loophole around doing work, doing ministry on the Sabbath? No, it's actually, I need to, and we need to understand that Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. He is the fulfillment of the law, not just trying to find loopholes and, and obstacles to kind of fish himself around so that then, all right, I made it around that law. And now, all right, that just showed I'm a little bit more Messiah-y, right? No, he is law right? It's like, it's, and the best way I can, I, I can put this into words is on the, have you guys heard of the Mount of Transfiguration, that story? No, it's okay. Um, if you, anybody know where that is off the top of their head? Any of my scholars? I really want to say Exodus, but I'm not sure. No. No, no it's in the it, it was in the Gospels. Oh, okay. It's definitely in the Gospels to me. Um, but it's this, huh? Nice. Thank you. Matthew 17 is the Mount of Transfiguration. If you don't, uh, if you haven't read it, read, read it. Okay. Just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story. Okay. What happens is, um, Jesus takes a couple of his disciples to the top of this hill and he transfigures in front of them. Okay. Um, yes, I don't really know what that means either. He just gets really, really bright and looks very, very amazing. Okay. I don't really, I can't, I can't comprehend that because I'm, I'm a human and I am a man and I have a small brain. It is fully developed, but it's small, still small. Um, I have hit 25, you know? <laughs> All right. But what happens is Moses and Elijah appear on the top of this, on the top of this mountain. Okay. And what that is actually saying is Jesus is the fulfillment of the law and of the prophets. Okay. So that's how we know this. Correct aside from many, many other things, that's the easiest way I can tell you that Jesus is law. He's the fulfillment of the law, okay? So getting back to it, the Pharisees were always trying to trap him into breaking these laws. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, sometimes when we hear law, we think, ugh, <laughs> right? We think, ugh. But actual true law, 10 commandments. Okay. That's true law. Everything else, tradition of man. Okay. I need you guys to separate those. If we don't separate those, you're going to be always like, Ugh, screw the law. 
but actually Ten Commandments are very, very good things. Um, they're very, very good moral things at even just the surface, all right? But deeper than that, they're beautiful, okay? So I hope you understand that, and we're going to talk about it a little bit more. Everybody on the same page so far. We okay? Yes. Okay, good. So sometimes I was always thinking of Jesus as finding loopholes around this, but he's actually fulfilling it, correct? Right? Okay, good, 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 good. And it mentions that the Pharisees were watching him closely. Do you understand that all through Jesus' life, he was watched very, very closely, except for that one time his mom lost track of him, but he was, wa he was watched very, very closely, right? Everybody was trying to find and trap him, right? The people wanted to see what Jesus would do in these different, different situations, right? Do you feel the same way sometimes? Does anybody actually know that you follow Jesus? I hope so. You don't need to answer me. You don't need to raise your hand. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that to you. I promise you. We're just hanging out tonight. All right. Um, but does, if you told somebody that you believe in Jesus, that means that they're watching you. How? They're watching how you're going to respond. How you're, going to, how you're going to deal with this that comes your way. How you're going to, are you going to be quick to anger? Are you going to be really, really quick to speak? Are you going to get easily frustrated? Are you going to, all of these things? Or are you actually going to be like, all right, that's okay. It's all right. How would Jesus respond, right? They were always watching him in different situations, and then they would base their opinions on him based on how he responded. Make sense? Okay. The word that was used in the Greek for this word watching was actually, um, was actually a sinister espionage. Like there was an ulterior motive to watching him. Right? This is fascinating, correct? It's like they were watching with this kind of lens, if I can say that. How can we find what Jesus is doing through our lens and how can we get him arrested as fast as possible? Yes? You guys still with me? Yes. Okay, good. Jesus was under almost scrutiny the whole entire time that he was alive. He was being watched, being examined, seeing how he was going to respond here, how he responded here. What, what were they going to think when he flipped the tables compared to healed the man? All of these things, yes? Okay. I hope at some point in our lives that we get to feel the same way. I hope that for you. Right. Not in like, Oh, Lex doesn't have my best. In no, shut up. Actually in the sense of, I hope that you are living a life for Christ that much that people are watching how you respond. Isn't that cool? Doesn't that kind of stir something in you? Like, Oh man, I want to be that. Right. I hope that that does that. All right. Second Corinthians three. Um, I'll just read it to you real quick. Write it down just for the sake of your notes. Second Corinthians three verses two and three. I'll just read it real quick. It says, you are a letter written in our hearts, known and read by all men. 
being manifested that you are a letter of Christ. Oh my gosh. Cared for by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Oh my gosh. Adds a little bit of weight. Yes? Adds a little bit of weight. What is that actually saying? That what you are doing is a representation of Jesus Christ. You are actually writing a story of how people view Jesus by the way you live. I feel like I put that pretty good. Right? That is fascinating to me. That I have that level of importance over the way people view Jesus Christ. My Messiah, my Yahweh, my Savior. That's what, that's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians, yes? I'm just reading truth tonight, yes? Yes. Let me put it this way. We may be the only Bible many will read. Hmm. Some people aren't willing to read the Bible, but they're willing to hang out with you. Right? Some people aren't willing to step into church, but they're willing to go to Fika Coffee House with you. Right? Mm-hmm. So, how you react, how you respond, how you live, it adds a little bit more weight to this whole living sacrifice thing, living, breathing sacrifice thing. Yes? How you react, how you live, how you respond, it's being watched. By those who know, which I hope everybody, but I'll give you the I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, right? <laughs> so then Luke continues to capture this scene, and then from across and across the table from Jesus is this um, dropsical man, dropsy man. Do you know what it means? No. Is it like the foot foot drop? Uh? Nope. Never mind. Foot drop. Never mind. Yeah. The foot falls off or what? Nope, never mind. Okay. <laughs> Dropsy is this, uh, here's, the, here's the scientific definition and then I'll give you my definition, okay? Is a abnormal accumulation of fluid in bodily tissue and cavities. Yeah. So, betterly put, in the Greek, dropsy means water face. <laughs> so, better put, Swollen face, fat face, big head, fat face kind of thing. Not just that you've got a big head, but like, li- like literally you look swollen. You look like you've got, you look like you just got your wisdom teeth pulled from your, your forehead to your chin. Huh? I don't know. I didn't Google it. I was afraid. I don't know. I heard it somewhere. Yeah. I'm always afraid to Google this stuff, man. Okay, so again, remember the scene that we're in, right? Jesus at the Pharisee's house, at a table, eating bread, having a meal together, and then this dropsical man across uh, across the table from him. What? Right? Weird, weird, weird thing. Pharisees usually only hung out with Pharisees and very, very ritzy, ritzy people. Yes? Mm -hmm. But there's this man across the table seated intentionally, which we'll talk about, intentionally across the table from Jesus, okay? 
Was this a trap? Was this a setup? Was this malicious? I don't know. But do you see how Jesus viewed it? Because we've already read. We already see how it ends. You see how Jesus viewed it? It was a divine appointment for Jesus. It was in a moment to heal somebody. Okay? So this is the day, this is the day of rest, the Sabbath day, correct? Um, and the Pharisees bring a sick man to the home and seat him across the table from Jesus. And this story is such a beautiful display of Jesus's character, right? So moved by love and compassion for another human being. Yes? In verse 3, Jesus answered them. How do you answer somebody when there's no question? They didn't ask a question, did they? But Jesus answered them. The only way to answer a question is by posing a question. <laughs> yes? Only way to answer somebody without a question is to pose a question. Okay? So here it is. Um, he answers the question, and Jesus answered the, sorry, Jesus answered them in a question and in an action. Okay? The Pharisees got so tied up in this idea of Sabbath that Jesus had to ask and act to prove the point that God does not take a day off. You see this? Isn't that fascinating? It's mind-blowing to me that the Pharisees were like, all right, I'm going to use this as an excuse not to do ministry. I'm going to use this as an excuse to sit dormantly for a day and sit and get fat and eat. What did Jesus view it as? Oh, hey, there's a man that needs to be healed right in front of me. This is perfect. Right? And some of us view that as ministry, right? And great, I'm glad, because maybe you have it defined properly over your life because your entire life is now a form of ministry. Yeah, maybe you don't get paid for it. Great. But I get paid for my ministry, not from this place, but from my job, right? That's my place of ministry. Also this place, right? But it's my place of ministry because we have it. If we define it right, everything that is in my life is ministry. Yes? Do we understand this? It's actually the Lord gave me that job. The Lord gave you that talent. The Lord gave you that thing so that then you can use it for his glory. Yes? Cool. All right. Great. I, I, I knew you guys knew that. I just wanted to reiterate it, right? Um, so he was moved by love and compassion. And the issue was not the healing. It was the Sabbath, right? The healings. Oh, you can't argue with healing, right? It's like, oh, man, you did something good, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so funny, right? What if scripture said that? They were mad because he healed. No, they were mad because he did it on a Sabbath, right? The Pharisees got so tied up with this idea of Sabbath that Jesus had to prove a point that God does not take a day off. Okay? Write this down. Mark um, chapter 7, verses 8 and 9. This one's really easy to remember. Mark 7, 8, 9. Okay, just remember that. It's super, super good. And it's a great reminder for all of us pretty much every single day of our lives. But maybe maybe some of you holiers um, once a week. Let me just read it to you. 7, 8, 9. Chapter 7, verses 8 and 9. 
It reads, Neglecting the commandment of God, you hold to, to traditions of men. He was also saying to them, you are experts of setting aside the commandments of God in order to keep your, what? Tradition. Scary, yes? We'll talk about how this is us too, but um, we'll pick on the Pharisees for a little bit. Uh, Jesus was saying to them, they've left their commandments of God and replaced them with commandments of man. Yes? Okay. Amazing that they had no answer to this question or display, right? So here, write this down. Don't leave, you, don't leave God for your traditions. We all have our traditions. We do. Some of them are not as ugly as others, but we all have our traditions, right? Some of our traditions is I can only pray if music's on. <laughs> or I can only preach after worship, right? We have these traditions. I can only heal after a bomb sermon, right? All that kind of stuff. We have these traditions and these preconceived notions of like, oh man, atmosphere's just not right. So sorry, Jesus. <laughs> that is sad, right? I laugh at it because it's sad. Okay. It's sad laughter. Okay. When Jesus healed this man, remember watery face, swollen face, it was a physical display. It's not like all of a sudden, oh, you're healed, but your face is so swollen. Sorry. What? That doesn't make sense. No, fat face went to deflated face. Yes? Right in front of their eyes. Right in front of them. Dropsy was a physical appearance thing. Not something inside that we, we say, oh, well, I don't know if it was healed or not. Well, you would know. Right? We'll talk, maybe we'll talk about that later. Right? This means this guy walked in to this meeting, into dinner, into this luncheon with a fat face and then was sent away by Jesus with a natural face, with a normal face, I should, maybe should say. Yes? Does this make sense? No, it does not make sense. Don't think that this makes sense. This is beyond our understanding, correct? I know. It's beyond our understanding. How can that happen? How can it happen? Well, because he still heals. That's cool. Oh, and not just back then, still today. Yes? <laughs> just want to clarify that. Yeah, I, I knew it would all click. Okay. I don't know about you guys, but I love the way this story is captured. I think it's fascinating. Jesus asked the question, then acted. Yes? And the act is so like, all right, this is bizarre. Took hold of him, healed him, sent him away took hold of him. I looked into this, this phrase took hold of, and it almost meant like, get him kind of thing. Like literally, yeah, kind of a seize. Like if I were to grab Jansen by the head kind of moment, that's what it, again, look at the Greek if you don't believe me. Okay. It was literally Jesus grabbed him by the head, took hold of him, healed him. Doesn't say that there was any words used. Luke, Luke's a physician. He would have captured it, right? That's why it was noted that dropsy is in here. It's just because Luke was there, right? <laughs> okay. Grabbed him by the head, healed him, and then said, all right, cool. Have, have a good day. <laughs> Sent him off. All right. See you, man. See you, dude. 
I've got more coming, but you know, see you later. Thanks for being here. Isn't that fascinating? Yes. And this atmosphere was tense. This wasn't the, oh man, it's just a sweet, sweet, peaceful presence in this room. No, it was, all right, these dudes staring down Jesus the whole entire time waiting for him to screw up. Right? Mm -hmm. This atmosphere was tense. They were waiting for an opportunity to arrest Jesus. Right? That's like when you, here, let me put it in a very, very dumbed down version. Not because you need it, but maybe because Zach needs it. Um, very, very dumbed down version. Here it is. I'm in when, the Air Force, not the Marines. Well, jeez, man. A lot of edits I'm going to need to make in this one. So it's like when you're driving and a cop pulls behind you. You're under some scrutiny, maybe. At least this is how I feel. Um, <laughs> had a couple run-ins. Yeah. It's like, oh, shoot, I got to triple check this speed limit. I don't know which one it is, right? I feel like it's 50, but it's probably 30, right? Okay? And that cop pulls right behind you, and you're like, oh, frick, dude. What is happening? What did I do? I used my blinker this time because I knew he was around, right? All of these things, that's the kind of atmosphere Jesus just did this in. If I dumb it down a lot, does this make sense? Okay. And then Jesus poses this question. We're only six verses in, huh? Yeah, yeah we're okay. I told you it was going to be hard for me. <laughs> Jesus asks another question and says, hey, guys. If your donkey or ox fell into a well, wouldn't you go rescue it right away? Okay, uh, what? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. You just healed that guy, Jesus. Why are you talking about donkeys and oxes and wells, right? Well, let me tell you why. Jesus is saying here, donkey and oxen have much value in a man's life back in this day, right? Oxen was used to plow a used to haul things yes do we know this yes. if you didn't know now you know you're welcome okay they were of value and of prized possessions to to a family a man anything back in the day yes okay and jesus is pointing out a heart a heart issue here around sabbath and it's this the sabbath in their eyes was for a person to rest to not lift a finger, to not lift an arm, to barely walk. You know, maybe it's some of you guys on a Sunday when football's on or, you know, whatever it might be, right? Some of your maybe dads or whatever it might be, right? That means if they were to lose something of value, they would go and grab it as fast as they could on the Sabbath, on this day of rest, right? Are you seeing the tradition here? Yes, but they're not willing to lift a finger and heal a human and pray for somebody on Sabbath, right? Which maybe some of your guys' Sabbaths are like seven days, um, but we won't get into that, okay? Um, <laughs> hey, you came. I just invited you. You showed up. Oh, we all know Jaden invited everybody. <laughs> <laughs> right? Isn't this fascinating? If it was allowed to help animals on the Sabbath, 
How much more was it right to heal people made in God's image on this day? Right? Do you see the heart issue that Jesus is cutting to here? Right? Oh, you care more about something that profits you than somebody you'll maybe never see again. Ooh. This dropsical man had zero value to the Pharisees, but had all the value to Jesus, right? That's all Jesus saw. Everything was that man. Jesus is almost backhandedly saying, you aren't brutal or cruel, are you? You will help your animals if they're in need. Now, I just want you to extend that same common sense kindness to needy people. Right? That's all. Right? And it's almost this beautiful, this beautiful thing of Jesus is calling out the good in them to accompany the correction in them. Right? So often we're just cutting to the freaking chase and saying, hey, you really screwed up there and you got to not do that ever again. Instead of, what did Jesus do here? No, he called out the good to help them in their correction. You see the grace, right? How often does he do that to our lives, right? He says, hey, no, you're almost there, but let's tweak this. You're good, you care, but let's tweak this, right? Does this make sense? Are you still tracking with me? Are you all right? Okay. Um. We good to keep going? Let's maybe read another couple of verses here. Is that cool? All right. Let's read yeah. 7 through 14, all right? We're going to bite off another 7, okay? Yeah. I got to go to bed, unfortunately. Nighty night. Yeah. Sorry, man. You're good. Love you, Zach. Love you guys. See you next week. I'll be able to, I'll be able to be up later next week because I don't have an early day next Friday. So. Cool. All right. Love you guys. Blow your wife a kiss. Don't look, guys. It's a private moment. I love you, Katie. I love you. All right. Good night, guys. See you, buddy. Bye. Love you much. Will this continue to record? Part two. Part two. Guys, I'm sorry. I really am about to wet myself. Okay, so let me just BRB Oh, I thought you were just going to warn us. I'm about to wet myself. <laughs> He's there. He just keeps going. Everybody play musical chairs, right? Let's see. Okay, let's go. Everyone switch seats and see if Lex notices. Don't use focus.
really sorry. Welcome back. Hello. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh. Okay, 7 through 14. You ready? Yeah. Good, good, good. Here we go. Now he told a parable to those who were invited. Okay, so now he's kind of, yeah, never mind. I'll talk about it later. All right. Now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose their places of honor, saying to them, when you are invited by, a, by someone to a, wedding, to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him, and, who invited you, and he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person, and then you will begin the the shame to take the lowest place okay verse 10 but when you are invited go and sit in the lowest place so that when you when your host comes he may say to you friend move up higher then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted and he Verse 12, and he said also to the man who had invited him, when you, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors, lest they invite you in return and you get repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they, can't re they cannot repay you, for you will repay you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Okay. A lot. Yes? That's okay. I'll talk. I'll talk. Okay. So, if you come to Monday nights, you understand that this is church. Yes? This is the most beautiful form of church that Jesus just dropped right in the middle of not his meeting. <laughs> <laughs> right he was a guest in these folks house and he's just like oh all right i'm gonna take the reins on this now um i just healed the guy you guys got nothing you're pretty much tired you got nothing to say uh because it said that multiple times yes 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 yeah. okay they were speechless they had nothing to say yes i get it okay um and he's like all right i'll, I'll say something i've got something for you okay and um so there's this this concept of like an honor system back then and how they sat at the table. Okay. Similar to how we look at the table, the head, the heads of the table. Yes. It's usually either the person whose house it is or the oldest, right? Does this make sense? Have you seen this in your own families? Maybe not. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's very, very important in my family. If you sit at the head of the table, you're actually spitting on grandpa. Okay. Um, it's very, very bad. Um, so uh, they have this table system and Jesus took notice on how people actually seated themselves, how they actually took their place at the table. Okay. Very interesting. Yes. Okay. And there's this twofold problem here. Um, yeah. There's this twofold problem. Not only is this a pride issue, right? Seating yourself in a place of honor. Yes. Sounds prideful. Yeah. No. 
this doesn't sound prideful to you? All right, we'll talk about your pride issue later, right? <laughs> this sounds prideful to me. Like, oh, you're seating yourself in honor. Oh, wow, okay, cool. And then there's this other, this other side of this coin here. It's like they're almost so desperate for honor that they found it in a chair and a place at a table. Oh my gosh, isn't that sad? Isn't that kind of like grieve you a little bit? Maybe you can relate to one more than the other, right? I hope. Um, I hope not, actually. But the pride issue I'll talk about in a second. But I, I want to urge you on the second point of so desperate to find something somewhere else. Are you neglecting to honor people and making them find it in the wrong place? Or are people neglecting to honor you and then therefore you're finding it in the wrong place? Right? Isn't that sad? Right? I grieve that over your life if that's you, right? Because you are honored. You should be honored, right? Yes, no matter if you're sweeping tables. <laughs> sweeping tables? <laughs> I, I, I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that. I just was like, oh, it's normal. I mean, that's a pretty useless job, I guess. You should still be honored, right? I, I guess that made my point even more profound. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was hilarious. Sweeping tables. I want to know the answer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so where am I at here? <laughs> right? What's it mean to honor somebody? Lift them up, yeah? It, it, it's almost like encouragement and and this wanting to see the best for them kind of mentality almost and just like hey good job kind of thing yeah like i honor you i respect you it's the utmost respect right even if you don't deserve it i'm still going to respect you yes why cuz you're a child of god yeah all right that you can just even even if somebody's like the meanest meanest hey they're a child of god i don't care right yes Good. Okay. Don't make people find it in the wrong places. And hey, don't look in the wrong places. Maybe think about who you're around. You know? Like this should be a place where we honor each other, correct? Yeah. I hope that this is a community that honors each other, even if you're the worst at cornhole or the best at cornhole, <laughs> right? It's just, hey, you're getting better. Hey, you're, <laughs> right? You're, you're like, hey, have you tried this? Right? Actually spending the time investing into that person. Cornhole was a silly example. But like investing in that person, right? What a concept. Hey, you're worth the breath that's coming out of my lungs. I don't know if you don't feel that way, but I hope you do. And if you don't, you need to find somebody that will make you feel that way. Find a community that will make you feel that way, that you are a child of God and you're honored. Yes? Yeah. Right? You're not just some animal. <laughs> right? Just like Jesus was touching on. It, it, cool. A bummer. Your goat fell in the, in the well. I don't know how a goat got up there, but like, hey, a bummer. Oh, whoopsie daisy. Right? But even more so, you're a child of God, so you deserve that honor. Yes? And you deserve to give it to others. Yes? Yes. In Jewish culture, 
kind of touching on verses eight and nine, a wedding is the most important social occasion. It is. It's the most important social occasion in Jewish culture. Okay. Um, and uh, the seating arrangement indicated the standing in the community. That if you were given a specific seat, it meant that you were this stature. Okay. So imagine you walking up to the seat that was not your place and taking it from that other person. Let me set the, let me set the scene here. It's like, what if I on Thanksgiving dinner, uh, on Thanksgiving dinner took my grandfather's seat at the table. I sat at the head of the table. What would that look like? My grandpa would not sit somewhere else. He would grab me by the hair and say, that's my seat. Right? Or the host would have to come and grab me and say, hey, I'm sorry. that Because you took that seat, there's no other seats left. Here's yours. And it's at the kids' table. <laughs> oh, man, I hate the kids' table. It's the worst table. Trying to get out of it this year? No, everybody decided to show up to Thanksgiving this year. Yeah, but your dad sat there with us. So. Yeah. yeah. Now it's just community setting, community <laughs> table, which we know which table is more important because grandpa sits at it. <laughs> right? Jesus is urging people not to take the best place because the host may ask them to move. Really awkward, really weird that this is in the Bible. Yes? That's okay. I'll tell you why. This may not make complete sense to our modern day of thinking, but people chased a seat for advancement. In this culture, in the group that was at this, at this table, Pharisees, they chased seats in the manner of their level of holiness. You see this? You with me? I know maybe I lost you with the whole wedding thing. Whatever. It's okay. <laughs> Hang with me. All right. They chased a level of this is my seat at the table and this is my level of holiness in the community's eyes not god's eyes community's eyes yes i want you to catch that community's eyes okay um we are maybe just people uh, outside of this are very very motivated to raise their status whether being in this group or that group this stature or that stature, right? They're all, they, they get to talk to those people, but not this people. Yes. We maybe feel that in the workplace a little bit. Oh, the cool people over there. But, um, right. Or even you felt it probably even more in high school, right? If you can even think back that long, it takes me a little bit to get back there, but it's like, Oh my gosh, those people were cool, but mm -hmm, right. You get it. Does this make sense? Or even the status of having a boy, boyfriend or girlfriend kind of thing. It's like, oh, I'm going to chase that because, oh, it's, it's viewed upon as cool or whatever. Or chasing the next thing that pops up in, in Instagram. And I'm going to get on this. I'm going to get on the back of this and on the coattails of this, right? You get all this and it's this actual status so that nobody looks differently upon you. Yes? Yeah. Are you guys are you guys with me yes am i making sense to you yes. it's hard to gauge without with the mask on i get it okay so rather than aiming to be gloried serve god that's it easy easy thing yes 
rather than aiming for being gloried, it's easier just to serve God. If God wants you to serve him at a wider scale, which I do believe that he will give you, he will give you that advancement and that increase as you serve him more. Yes. Yes. Do we know this? Yes. He doesn't just keep you coasting along in contentment, sitting on your hands and said, all right, that's all I've got. No, he actually gives you the double and then the other one as according to the parable of the talents. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. God wants you to serve him. If God wants you to serve him on a wider scale, he will be the one who sets it up. You won't be chasing a seat, right? You won't be chasing, oh, well, senior pastor really gets gloried, but youth pastor, they're disposable, right? That's the way the church functions and, and views things. Yes, sadly. Okay. Uh, can Jaden, can you read Psalm 75 verses six through seven? Or somebody who's maybe got it up. 75, six and seven. Jeez, I could have turned there faster, I guess. <laughs> For not from the east or from the west, and not from the wilderness comes lifting up. But it is God who executes judgment, putting down one and lifting up another. It is God. Yes? I can't do it on my own, right? I cannot. I can try. <laughs> I can really, really try. But he gives me the increase. He gives me the advancement. He gives me the capability to give me a, a larger sphere of influence, a larger whatever, so that I can have impact for him. Not for myself, yes? For him, okay? We all on the same page? Cool. We can be taught a couple things from this, uh, from this chunk here, 7 and 14. First, he spoke to the guests. Yes? He addressed the guests saying, hey, telling them not to, play, not to seek places of honor on their own strength. Yes? Service is more important in the kingdom of God than status. Did you hear me? Service is more important to the kingdom of God than status. Right? We can chase status all day long. It's not going to get you very far in the kingdom of God, okay? The second thing is he, told, he, he addressed the host, saying not to be exclusive with whom he invites. Yes? God opens his kingdom to everybody. Right? Great. But I guess my, my question is, how do I get to this place of humility like verse 11 talks about? How do I get there? How can I truly humble myself and not get in this prideful cycle and this searching for honor in man and not God? Some try to give the appearance of being humble and means to actually maybe manipulate something, right? And if I'm being transparent, I've even tried this before. I have. And I'm sure you guys can resonate with it, right? If not, you're probably lying. All right. Uh, but the other, other thing is other things. It's a means of putting yourself down and self-deprecation and speaking things over your life that are actually completely false. And you call yourself humble. No, that is actually very, very false. Truly humble people compare themselves only 
to Jesus Christ. They realize their sinfulness and understand their limitations. They also recognize that they have a place in the kingdom of God. Because why? They have gifts and strengths. And we are called the body of Christ. Yes? And by this recognition, we're willing to use them as Christ prompts us. Yes? Humility is not self-degration. It's a realistic, uh, it's a realistic, a realistic, why am I? Realistic. Realistic. Why does it sound weird to me? Realistic? Yeah, you're adding a space in between. You're saying realistic. 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 Yes. I got it. Okay. Humility is not self-degration. It is actually a realistic <laughs> assessment and commitment to serve God. That's humble living, right? I'm telling you the truth tonight. I really, really am. Philippians 2.3, who's got it for me? Jansen, you got that one for me? You seem to have it quicker than Jaden, so maybe... Oh, All right, two Philippians two three. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Do nothing from something. Read it one more time. Yeah, you read it too fast. I had to do man. <laughs> do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Yes. Right? That's scripture talking, not even me. So you can really, really trust that. Yeah? Cool. All right. Imagine this. You were invited to a wedding. All right. You're invited to this wedding. It's beautiful. It's ritzy. It's glamorous. It's everything that you've ever dreamed of being a part of. Right. And you were invited to attend. Just attend. Just to show up, clap for the bride, eat and dance. Okay. That's what you were. That's what you were invited to do. But you decide, <laughs> you decide because you decided this, you're going to take a hold of this thing and you're going to step in as best man or maid of honor. <laughs> okay. And you're going to take your place of honor because you feel like you're doing. Can you imagine? You take upon the speeches, you take upon all of it. Right. And not in a means of wedding crashing. Okay, not in a means of this, but in a means of I deserve this. I deserve this. I've known him long enough. I've known her long enough. Pay attention. Pay attention. I've known them long enough, so therefore I'm do this. Right? Okay, one, weird. Two, very prideful. Yes? Okay. This is bad. This is recipe for disaster. Not only over one, your reputation, <laughs> but two, your ego, right? How many times are we actually doing this in our day-to-day -day where I think that I do something from God Almighty, but he doesn't owe me anything? How do we actually approach the Lord in these prideful manners of, Lord, I've been with you for long enough, right? Shouldn't I, shouldn't I get that? Right? Aren't I do that, God? That's how the Pharisees viewed everything. Right? 
I, I know all this. I know I've got most of the Old Testament memorized. And that's what their stature was. I, I wrote some of the, the laws, quote unquote, right? I wrote some of them. I came up with some of them. And I am do this. This place, this seat, this place of honor. Very, very prideful. One, very, very prideful. Two, not honoring at all right can you imagine can you imagine somebody doing that right you have a board of directors directors over your your nonprofit that you run and you've poured your heart and soul into this nonprofit and then your board of directors say nope i'm actually going to take this over when you assign to them how often are we doing that to god almighty and he said, hey, you are my hands and feet. You are my quote-unquote board of directors. But God, I, I think I'm doing a little glory sometimes, don't you? And he's like, no, 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 no. You honor me. And by that, you might get some honor. Do you understand that God doesn't owe you anything? I just, I just feel this so heavily, this, and like this can I say quarter? I feel this so heavily in this quarter of, oh my gosh, I don't owe God anything. Oh, oh gosh. God doesn't owe me anything. I apologize. I'm really, really sorry. That's really embarrassing. Wow. That sucked. Um, God doesn't owe me anything. I owe him everything. I'm so sorry that came out of my mouth, guys. That was terrible. Okay, we know what you meant. Yeah, well, it's not what was spoken. That's bad. Um, that's crazy, you know, right? What an amazing amount of pride. Here's, here's this. If I am prideful, I won't honor. If I don't honor, I'm prideful. Yes? Kind of these vice versa things, yes? But if I'm humble, I honor. And if I honor, I'm humble. Yes? Yes. This is not an equation on how to blow smoke. Yes? This is not an equation on how to game the system. But, an but this is an equation on how to check your heart, and how to check your motive on everything that you do. If I'm so focused on what I'm going to get out of this and not what they are going to get out of it, they by meaning everybody around me, then I'm, I'm actually going to be, I'm going to be very, very self-seeking. Right? I'm going to be power hungry and, and honor hungry. Right? The better way is in this confines of this story here where the Pharisees are all sitting in these places of honor is to say, how can I seat you today? Right? How can I actually set the table for you today? Have we ever looked at life that way? <laughs> like I'm going to wake up tomorrow. How can I seat this client that's been a pain in my butt? How can I seat them in honor? How can I seat 
the person who has been the nicest to me since day one. They've always had my best interests. They're awesome to me. How can I seat them in honor too? Not in service of man, right girls? Not in service of man, because I know you guys just talked about it Tuesday. Or what? Yesterday? Whatever day. Because I know you guys just talked about it. But in a matter of if I serve God, I guarantee I'm going to serve people. It's a byproduct. Right? It's like if I pour if I pour water on top of a uh, uh, on top of a mountain, the water is going to come down and, and feed the rest of the area. Yes? That's why Colorado has a lot of its water because of all the snow melt. It comes down from the mountain. We capture it. Yes? Yes. Uh, that's a very kingdom way of looking at how I do things. I serve the person at the top, a.k.a. God Almighty. And by that, it all trickles down, a.k.a. living water. Boom. And everybody gets honored as well. Why? Because they're children of God. Yes? Does this make sense? Right? And... Oh my gosh, how awesome. How awesome is that? How not only just rewarding for that person, but really, really rewarding for me. And not by the means of I'm going to do it so I can be rewarded, right? But in the means of, oh my gosh, I'm serving God Almighty. And by this, I get to see all of this with my own eyes. And remember, all of this was kicked off by Jesus taking this man healing this man, sending him off. He didn't even let the man hear the story. <laughs> didn't even let the man hear the parable. He already had his boom. Yes? Yeah. Philippians 2.5. Who's got it? You should be really, really easy to get to this one. Got it. Jansen? Uh, this... <clears throat> Go through 11. Sorry. All right. Have this mind among have this mind among yourselves, which is your Christ Jesus, who though he is he was sorry, I'm on three obviously. Um You're good. Who though he was in the form of God did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself and taking a form of a servant, being born in the illness. In the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient in the point of death, death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that in the name of Jesus and every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Yeah. And just think, you know, as Jesus kind of tied up this, this section here of the parable, he says, don't invite the people who you're guaranteed to get repayment from. Invite the people that you're probably guaranteed not to. Mm -hmm. Why? Because of that scripture, right? No, there's no heart issue of I have something to gain back from this, right? It's easy to take my grandpa to lunch, right? Why? Because I know that he's going to return the favor on Thanksgiving and Christmas and in other gifts, right? It's easy, correct? It's easy to love Madison, but because I know that she's going to give it back to me. Yes? Sometimes, right? You know. Right? Do you, so you get what I'm saying? You know, there's this repayment 
If I'm, if I'm motivated by repayment, I'm not motivated at all. Right? But if I'm motivated in a, in a spirit of service to God Almighty, I guarantee everybody's going to get fed. Yes? Yes. Everybody's going to be accounted for, if I can say it loosely. If I'm humble, I honor. If I honor, I'm humble. Just great. Yeah? Yes. It's awesome. We have this capacity. We have this capacity. Cool? I'm going to end there. We'll pick up 15 through 24 next week. Kind of tie a bow on this whole thing. I'm afraid as a community, as friends, as churches, as a nation, as a world, we're missing this point. We're not honoring each other. Why? Because there's a lack of service to God. That's scary. Yeah. That makes me a little uneasy. Not only just over my own life, but over others too. You know, I get dishonored every single day. It's like, man, I didn't deserve that. Right. But the way I respond can be a way of honoring them. So I want to, I want to call this out in you guys. You, you have this capacity. We talked last week how there's no more mundane moments that everything's divine setup from God Almighty. This is another layer to this of, hey, everything that comes your way is a divine setup on, hey, how are you going to respond? How are you going to glorify God? How are you going to honor God? How are you going to serve God? Why? Because you are a minister and a living sacrifice of God Almighty. Can you believe that? He picked you. Man, he could have picked some other really ritzy people, but he actually picked me, right? He picked you. He bankrupted heaven for you. Let me put it that way. He said, this man, my son, is everything to this place. I'm going to send him down, therefore bankrupting heaven. Oh my gosh. So I can have everybody back the way I intended. Right? Mm -hmm. High risk, high reward. He said, you are a high reward. Isn't that cool? He took the biggest risk of sending his son down to earth because he viewed you as high reward. Right? You guys heard this concept before? High risk, high reward? Yeah? It's cool. He views you as that. All right? Cool. Well, that's all I've got for tonight. If you would... I'm just going to pray this over you. I want to call this out in you. So if you would, just in a, Benji's on it, man. I love it. And just a way of receiving, put your hands out in front of you. Or even if it's more comfortable to you, put your hands on your heart. Say, Lord, download this into my heart. 
or do both combo act like Jaden. Look at Jaden comboing it up. <laughs> Didn't break him. Lord, I just pray for every single heart in this place that you would download this truth over us. That the more we serve you and the more we honor you, the more you're glorified. And that, Lord, as a byproduct of just serving you, everybody gets fed. Lord, I pray that we would be a people of honor. That we would seek out ways to honor you. We would seek out ways to serve you and glorify you. And Lord, that you would set up moments in our lives, appointments in our lives, relationships in our lives, so that we can show you off. Lord, we just want to be like Jesus. Going to places where maybe we usually wouldn't get invited. And we still get to show you. Get to show the power of God Almighty. Lord, I, I don't come with any expectation of, all right, this person's going to get healed. But if you want to do it, I pray that you would, you would make it very evident. Lord, I just submit to your voice. Submit to your, your moving. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would saturate every area that you want to perform miracles in your work in. So Lord, we love you. And Lord, we say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Still don't have a title. Anybody got a title for that? Katie, what's your title? Luke 14. Luke 14. Anybody got one? Heart check. Heart check? Heart check. Heart check. Heart check. <laughs>